You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Good evening, everybody. This is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Tuesday, the 25th of January, 2022. Thank you all for tuning in on tonight's program. We're going to be doing, it's going to be a couple of different topics, one of which will be um, something that, something from the last program got me thinking. I remember I was talking about the whole episode and the time when Elon Musk was on the Babylon Bee interview and all this kind of thing. And uh, it really occurred to me, I didn't know a whole ton about him. And I was kind of curious and I various times I listened to a few podcasts and a few different things and looking at old interviews from him. And before I knew it, it was like all I knew about Elon Musk up until that point was Tesla and didn't know anything about SpaceX and all this kind of thing that he's doing, SpaceX exploration. I had no idea he was involved in PayPal years ago and a lot of the different things. But something that came up, and I'm going to be looking at that in a, in a little bit, is the fact that he asked really profound and deep questions. It's one of the reasons why the interview with Babylon B was even more disappointing because this is not some guy who just avoids these questions he seems to look at these things he's not just going into technology and doing trying to reach the stars and all this kind of stuff um purely just to make money he's trying to make a better future now as christians we would say he's too wedded to this world and all this kind of thing yes of course but at the same time if you're going to think of anybody you could have a conversation about these things it is certainly him but anyway i'm going to be responding to one or two of the videos from years two different clips of him talking about the meaning of life and i'm going to put this section of this program on youtube at some stage purely because who knows maybe someone who is interested in Elon Musk, whatever, hopefully will come across it and con- consider that there are answers to these questions, very, very clear answers to these questions, things that we have no excuse for not seeing. But uh, by God's grace, hopefully this will be helpful to anybody who comes across it. Now, just to begin the program, we're going to begin with Scripture, reading a part of God's Word, which deals very much with uh, what we can learn from studying creation and and looking at the stars and looking at the heavens and looking at the one who holds all of the universe together and without which there would be no universe. And that is, of course, the God of heaven and earth. We're going to read the... We're going to read all of Psalm 19. And... We'll just ask for the Lord's guidance as we look through these things by his help. Father, Lord in heaven, we pray, O Lord, for those listening live. May this program be a blessing and an encouragement. We pray, O Lord, that uh, you would lead us as we hear your word. May we be edified and fed through your word, O Lord, this evening. Father, Lord in heaven, we pray, O Lord, for those people who would um, follow Elon Musk's form of thinking about the world and be fascinated about the world, but Father, they don't see you and they have not looked toward you, the creator of heaven and earth, and they have not come through your son. We pray for their souls. We pray that many may come to know Christ in the future. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to read Psalm 19. 
Also, if you've got any questions during this program as we're looking at this topic, um, it's not going to be the entirety of the program probably, but uh, you can email the program at megidoradio at gmail.com. That's megidoradio, M-E-G-I-D-D-O, radio at gmail.com. Psalm 19, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, let us hear God's word. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor knowledge where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and the words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the end of and to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them... Your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And may God bless the reading of his holy word. So now we're going to uh, just get these clips up here. So the first one, these are a couple of YouTube clips and easy enough to find. Um, I'm sure he's made these comments in a number of times and I've heard it as well. Um, I was listening to... There's a YouTube channel called Biographics, a buddy of mine pointed out to me, and it's actually really, it's a really good channel from what I can see, and um, a lot of historical things. And one of the, the podcasts as I was listening to was on Elon Musk, and this, I this how would I put it, this theme came up of the thing that really drives him, and it's not purely in a way that you would see with many different entrepreneurs. You could say what drives him is very, very different. And I remember just being intrigued, the fact that um, he had been so successful already with uh, previous companies, obviously made a lot of money and uh, risked a lot with Tesla and was a SpaceX and ran two companies at once sounds kind of crazy, uh, crazy amount of work, uh, two startups at the same time. Anyway, but I remember in interviews, what drived him kind of coming up, not, not like a typical entrepreneur. And this is why I wanted to look at this and, and, and respond because there, there are answers and we do know the questions. I just think many people brilliant people, very gifted people like Elon Musk and other people like him, innovators, people who do all sorts of things. They are, the questions are there. You study a book. Um, you, you, one of the first questions that pop into our heads is who wrote the book? If you find a book in a desert island and it, it's amazing and has all the truth in it, you want to know about the author of the book. And the more you study that book, the more you will learn about the author. Even you find this with artists and stuff like that. You look at paintings. You'll learn something 
and this is just about human artists and things like that, you'll learn something about their handiwork from the what they make, what they do. You learn something about them. You learn something about film directors and people who write m movies by watching their movies and things like that. So you learn from what they do. And the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. No one else but God could create. The majestic wonder of the heavens and the expanse and everything else is shown by his handiwork or his, the work of his hands. So let's, we're going to play this clip from Elon Musk from, I think this is from a number of years ago now, but uh, we'll play it and respond to it. Hopefully I can bring it up on screen, yes. Can you please share uh, who and what inspires you and drives you to be so insanely productive at a superhuman level? I was always kind of like a crazy kid, I suppose. Um, I was just very curious about the world and um, how do we come to be here? What's the meaning of life and all that? And uh, um, I always had a really intense desire to understand things and learn. Um, I mean, the first company way back in the day, I just wrote software, you know, so I didn't have any money. So I came out to do grad studies at Stanford. Um, I had $100,000 in like student debt and one computer. Um, and I was gonna actually work on uh, advanced capacitors for use in electric vehicles. I remember that, you're saying yeah. that. Way, way back in the day. There are just some people out there, right? They are, they just think differently. They have, they're just gifted in that particular way. And that is great if it is used in the right way. And we'll, we'll get into this in a second, because I, I do think, um, because they are so smart, these people are tormented in a way that other people are not, because they have such abilities in a certain area and they are, clever and they do ask lots of questions because all these questions pop into their head i think a lot of them have to find distractions away from the reality that surrounds and this surrounds this reality surrounds every single person who is on this earth they can see pointing towards the glory of god again the heavens declare the glory of god as we read earlier in psalm 19 the, the wrath of God is revealed from the heavens. Be, because we see the creation, we can learn certain things about God from creation. We can learn certain things. Now, we don't see the gospel in creation. We've got to go to the scriptures for that. But we can learn of God's goodness. We learn of God's created order. We learn of the majesty of God. The more we study the creation, and that is a good thing to do. The advances of science and other things, they are amazing. If we give glory to God through these things and not turn these advancements, which are great gifts, wonderful gifts, whether they be in medicine or whatever else, if we give glory to God who is the ultimate source of all the blessings in the first place. The person, the one who has given people like Elon and incredible minds like this. I'm not trying to be patronizing or anything like that, and I hope it doesn't come across this way. But the one who has given this incredible mind, this incredible ability to Elon, and if in the off weird chance that Elon actually ends up listening to this. Elon, if who gave you that mind? Who gave you that insatiable thirst? I'm not saying stop all that. What I'm saying is use what you're to the glory of God. But there's always a danger 
is more than a danger, that you turn these things into idols. You turn this earth, this creation, this created work into an idol, and you serve the creator, or the, the creation, rather than the creator, and you turn these things into idols. We must not do that. We must look toward the one who has given us life. And we must look to him, coming to him in the name of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, because we can see also, because we have been created in God's image, that we've broken God's law. And you say, I haven't broken God's law, if you're listening to this. Well, you, you are suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. You're holding it down, fighting against it. And it's why I think part of the reason why pe some people work so hard They're consumed by this, realizing we're here for such a short time. This life is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. But the Lord, in creating us in his image, has put eternity in our hearts. We'll never be satisfied with the things on this earth. And the meaning of life, it must, if you're going to have the meaning of life, it must go to the, the creator the one who has given us all these great things, the one who has given us the inclination to even think about these things in the first place, and that is God. Yeah. Um, so, and I spent a couple summers working on that before in, in Silicon Valley before um, going to Stanford. And then that, that summer I was like, well, you know, the, the internet's going to be something that really changes. The, the, it's going to be one of the biggest impacts on, on humanity. You know, it's like humanity... Uh, Communication will go from being like osmosis to humanity having a nervous system where you could access any part of humanity's knowledge from, from anywhere, from any connection anywhere. You could be in the middle of the Amazon jungle and have access to all of humanity's information, more, more than if somebody was living in the Library of Congress. So I was like, well, I, I want to be part of creating that. And so I just started writing software. I've been writing software for a long time, but um, I actually wrote the first uh, maps and directions on the internet, the first white pages, the first yellow pages. Um, by myself, um, and then uh, you know we've hired a few interns, uh, and then my brother joined. Again, an incredible visionary, someone very different, <laughs> thinking about the possibilities of the future. Again, very few people have ever thought about the possibilities. But again, who has given him this mind? Who has given him this intellect? Who is now? The thing is. You can't take any of this with you. We're all going to die one day. Again, I'm not saying we don't advance into various different things and look into how we can make things better on this earth. Absolutely. But in the right context, realizing that this life is a puff of smoke, of a puff of smoke. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about the brevity, the brevity of these things. And if we spend all of our time focused on this mere drop of existence on this earth, what a waste. Compare the drop of water compared to the, the waters of the vast waters of eternity, the endless waters of eternity, not even able, the, the oceans, not able to contain them all. Yet we focus on this blip. Again, not saying that we don't advance in these areas or we don't try to use our gifts, be it in medicine, technology, whatever the case, in order to advance things and make things good. I believe that's part of God's common grace. Absolutely but not to the point that these things are made idols. This life is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And one day, we all know this, you're listening to this, you've seen plenty of examples of people who die. We're all going to die. We, we, we can see this. We cannot take it with us. And it is a point unto man once to die and then the judgment. There will come a day when we will all stand before God. We know this. 
And we, many people who are unbelievers, who haven't trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior, they keep themselves, brilliant people, keep themselves either distracted with various different things on this earth. In some cases, it's working endless hours. 16 hours a day, all sorts of things like this. Or it's drink, drugs, other addictions. But they've dedicated their lives toward whatever their idol is. These things would be great in a certain context. Of course they would be. If they gave glory to God. If we acknowledged it is God who's given the, the intellect for people to study these things, to people to even ask these questions, to keep people to have even the ability to speak or to think. And we don't deserve any of it because we are sinners. We have broken God's law. We don't deserve it. The comforts, the, the, the technology, the, the things that have gone before us, do we thank God for being able to turn on light bulbs and things like that as we walk around our home? People might say, oh, well, that's a, that was a person who invented the light bulb and all that kind of thing. Yes, but where did his brain and ability to study and everything else and, and, and the permission for him to remain on the earth to do those things, where did that come from? It came from God. And if you miss the source, dear friends, you're listening to this, you're going to be wrong on everything. It was one of the things that shook me up when I first got saved. You know, you're wrong about God. You're wrong about everything. We know the questions to ask. We're just afraid to ask them. Another friend of mine, Greg Curry, who's passed away. And, um, and then we got some venture funding. Um, I thought it was crazy that these guys were going to give us like, they gave us like $3 million. And I was like, this is insane. Like we're, it's just us and some interns. Yeah, I mean, I had sort of an existential crisis, I guess, when I was kind of 11 or 12 or something, trying to figure out what it's all about, you know. And uh, ultimately came to the conclusion that um, we don't really know the answer. Okay, so... He said he came to the conclusion he didn't really know the answer. But when I when I got saved, there was these questions that popped into my head. Why are we here? These were months before I got saved. Why are we here? What is good? What is what is right? What is wrong? It, it, can we really define these things? I was, well, we can't really know. If that was true, why keep <laughs> why keep with the search? It doesn't really make sense, you might say. But this search for the meaning of life, we can't know, but we're, I'm going to pursue it. The answer is quite simple, friends, but often we work tirelessly to go. We, we, don't want, we don't like the easy answer. We want a different answer. Our flesh, our fallen flesh wants a different answer. It wants a different meaning to life. It wants us to be able to dedicate toward an idol and not toward God. That may seem harsh. But it's true. If you have not bowed a knee to Christ, you serve something else. You worship something else. It may be ingenuity. It may be innovation. It may be your bank balance. It may be whatever. Maybe your family. You can make idols out of anything. Whatever you serve and even worship before all, the Almighty God. Whatever that thing is, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve two masters, the Bible tells us, Matthew 6, 24. You cannot serve God, God and mammon. Mammon can be translated property, earthly wealth material things. And no, I know that Elon technically doesn't do it. Obviously, he's not really doing it for the money. You see some of the risks he's making and things like that. He wants to innovate. He wants to reach the star. That's his whole driving philosophy.
philosophy. He wants to make things better on this earth from a certain point of view. Absolutely. But he's missing the most vital element, and that's God. And he will be tormented, I believe. No, he will be tormented un- unless he comes to know Jesus Christ. And Elon, if, if in the weirdest chance you're listening to this, there is a simple answer. There is an answer that doesn't require becoming an astrophysicist or a, ro- a literal rocket scientist with your, your company, SpaceX. When we come to the work of God, to the heavens and the earth, we know there's a creator. We know he's good. We know he's a God of order. We know he is just. We don't see the perfect justice on this earth, but there will come perfect justice. We know we've broken God's law. So we fear for the answer. We don't want to look toward the creator because... The wrath of God is upon us in and our own self. And if we come before him in our own works, they're not good enough. There's two roads that people can take then. The road of giving up. Saying, well, it's not good enough. I'm gonna... And then the other road, which is endlessly working. To get to a top of a mountain that never really satisfies. Not truly, not fully. A mountain where there's no rest, there's no peace. You may still have other mountains to climb. But you kind of get away from the reality of this says here in Romans 1 for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness nature itself shows points toward God the heavens declare the glory of God not just of a God not just as a creator but it tells us about him now the reason we cannot read what's called general revelation in theology, is because of our sinful hearts. And yes, we do need the Bible, which is special revelation. It says verse 19, Paul writes to Romans, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. We've been creating God's image. The law of God, written in our hearts, but has been tainted. that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made being understood by the things that are made and again if you go to if you think of the artist if you think of people who write books we we can tell things about certain people by studying their work by studying the things that they have done and if somebody has written works and, and somebody wants to learn things about that person, they will study their works. There's nothing wrong. And is, it's great to study the creation, how things work and all that. If we acknowledge the God who created this world. His invisible attributes, his invisible attributes, clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. We see the power of God in creation. Look at the, the fine balance, and the more we study creation, we think if, if anything is out of balance, life cannot exist in certain parts. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power... And Godhead, and that, that word Godhead could also be translated either divine nature or, divi- or deity, so that we are without excuse. There's no excuse. You don't have to be the greatest genius to see this. 
the person without a formal education and the person with the greatest intellect are all without excuse. Even a child knows when they look at creation, someone made that. It didn't just happen. But we don't want to think of a God we must bow before. So let's get back to this clip. If you're, if you're just joined us on the program, you can email megiddoradio at gmail.com. That's megiddoradio at gmail.com. M-E-G-I-D-D-O at gmail get a radio at gmail.com uh, we're discussing Elon Musk and the meaning of life and kind of just responding to some of these questions that he has about the meaning of life but if we increase the scope and scale of civilization then we uh, we have a much better chance of understanding the meaning of life and why, why we're here or even what are the right questions to ask so therefore we should strive to expand the scope. The right questions ask, who created us? And if, if, we, if we have been created by a creator, he makes the rules. Surely. If I, if I go to a Tesla car and I want to know how it's driven, do I say, I'm going to ignore what that guy Elon Musk is saying. I'm going to try and figure it out myself. Elon Musk, he doesn't even exist. I don't know who developed this. No, we know when we get a Tesla car, we know somebody designed it, somebody made it. And if I want to understand how it's made and how to use it and maintain it, I must go to the user's manual, or whatever the case may be, in order to operate it properly. The scale of consciousness to better understand the questions to ask about the answer that is the universe. Okay, that's the end of that clip. You can find it online. It's just a very short clip, uh, The Meaning of Life. Uh, one more clip we're going to look at. Um, this is from... Let's find it there. Why is this not changing? Oh. I was having problems there. Changing the screen. I might have too many, too many things open here. So this is the last clip I'm going to be looking at about Elon Musk. After this, we're going to be looking at some, there's some listeners' questions that I plan to look at afterwards. So let's play this. What's your mission life? This is um. This is from a form a number of years ago. You can you can email me if you want, but it's called Meaning of Life, Elon Musk, and these are pretty interview. Uh, these are pretty easy to find on YouTube if you want to find them. Why you do whatever you do? In terms of the motivations, uh, I guess the 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 this sort of uh, kind of a long version of the explanation, but. Uh, essentially, the when when I was a kid, I was wondering, kind of, what's the meaning of life? Like, why are we here? What's it all about? And um, I came to the conclusion again. You have the questions. Good question. Now, why are we here? What's it all about? What What is the purpose? Uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism puts it like this: to I can't remember this off the top of my head. To, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. I'm just going to double check if the larger catechism gives us a slightly larger, uh, more expanded one than this. So what is the chief and highest end of man? Man's chief and highest end is to glorify God. He's the creator. He, he gave us all this. It's all to glorify him and fully to enjoy him forever. We are to enjoy him forever. It's not like misery in doing this. It's wonderful. It's joyful. And it's something 
It's a pleasure to be able to do it. It's a privilege for anybody to come into the presence of Almighty God, which any sinner can do through Jesus Christ and only through him because he has the righteousness needed in order to clothe any sinner. He has paid the penalty for anyone who believes on him. That uh, what, what really matters is trying to understand the right questions to ask. And th the more that we can increase the scope and scale of uh, human consciousness, the better we are able to ask these questions. And so, so I think that there's certain things that are necessary to ensure that the future is good. Um, and uh, some of those things are in the long term having long-term sustainable transport and sustainable energy generation. Um, and if you don't believe in God, it, the, the future is very terrifying because you see potential for, if you don't believe in a God, holding all this together, the future is terrifying. The future is, well, we're, we're, we're when we might be, be wiped out and all this kind of thing. And it, it seems to be something driving on Elon to innovate, create, and all this kind of thing. Whereas the world will continue until the Lord returns. And when the Lord returns, he will renew the heaven and the earth. It is something that we should not be concerned about. No, we should take care of the environment, and it's good to be have different you know, solar things and all this kind of thing, all the innovations that help us to take care of the environment, environment, nothing wrong with that, as long as that's what it actually does. It says at the end of Genesis chapter 8, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. And uh, to be a space-bearing civilization and for humanity to be out there among the stars and be a multi-planetary uh, species. Um, I mean, I think the, the being a multi-planet species and being out there among the stars is important for uh, the long-term survival of humanity. And... Uh, yeah, because if you don't believe in a god, you, you just look at our history... You know, oh, we're just going to destroy each other. Um, the enmity has been created by sin. And what's the only thing that will fix that is the blood of Jesus Christ. A renewed heaven. The reason... Look, if we went to... Let's just say humanity destroyed this planet and all this kind of stuff. We'd destroy anywhere else we went to because of sin. But this earth will be renewed. Isn't that wonderful? The new heaven and the new earth spoken about in the scriptures when Jesus returns. One reason, kind of like life insurance for life collectively, life as we know it. Um, but then the part that I find personally most motivating is that it creates a sense of adventure and it makes people excited about the future. Um, and if you consider two futures, one where uh, we are forever confined to Earth until eventually something terrible happens, or another future where we are out there on many planets, maybe even going beyond the solar system, um, I think that second version is incredibly exciting and inspiring. Or the um, another one that hasn't been thought of is a world renewed where Jesus Christ will reign visibly upon the earth in the new heavens and a new earth and where righteousness reigns where there be no suffering no pain far greater than anything we could innovate or invent Jesus Christ is offering to all who will repent of their sins, turn from themselves, 
uh, take up the cross, let's put the death self, and come and follow him. But it means death to self. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I live, but Christ that lives in me. And there need to be reasons to get up in the morning. You know, life can't just be about solving problems. Otherwise, what's the point? There's got to be things that people find inspiring uh, and make life worth living. That's it. He's not just doing it. In the purest sense of the word, he is an innovator. He's he's driven by something far more than just getting... Because he would never have done what he did if it was purely just about getting rich and all this kind of thing. But he's missing the most vital aspect. He's missing God. And I pray that anybody either who's been inspired by Elon Musk, maybe to start their own company or whatever the case, or to invent, or even if... Elon, you're listening yourself. This life is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. You cannot take this with you. But there's going to come a day where all the things that you fear and other people fear, but it's going to happen more. All those things, they're caused by sin. They're caused by rebellion against God. But there's going to come a day of a new heavens and a new earth. There's a glorious, wonderful future, which is wonderful to get out of bed because it is assured in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how hard I work or how I mess up or whatever else, I can't undo what is that victory that is guaranteed in Jesus Christ. But outside of Jesus Christ, no matter how hard you work, you're a sinner and you'll stand before God. Naked and condemned unless you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And I pray that anybody listening to this would would flee from their sins. See that you have broken the law of God. You have not loved the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You You have idols in your heart. You have broken the second table of the law. You have not honored your father and your mother. You have committed adultery in your heart. You have stolen, maybe small things in your eyes, but not in the eyes of God. And it is against God and God only you have sinned, mainly, above all else. And because he is the one of infinite value, your sin is so serious against the throne of grace. We must realize, every single last one of us, who the creator is. And it all belongs to him because he created it. He gave us life. And he is the definition of good. And his glorious future will happen. Whether we bow to it or not. And I pray that you would bow. And enjoy God. You see, that's the thing. It's a bit like the rich young ruler. Go sell all that you have and you shall have treasure in heaven. Because the rich young ruler in scripture... In Mark, in Matthew, and Luke, he had he had the the idols of richness, riches that were really puny compared to the riches of heaven, and the riches of Elon Musk or other people is puny compared to the riches of heaven. If we serve riches of this earth, we will not have riches in the world to come. But if we use what we have, if we use our skills for the glory of God. We wish to serve him first and foremost above all else using the talents that he has given us to glorify God and to enjoy him forever trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone because we are sinners then there's a glorious future ahead. There's a glorious future ahead for all those who trust in Jesus Christ but there's a a scary future ahead no matter how hard you work no matter how much you invent for the person who has not trusted in Jesus Christ. He will stand condemned before God and one day will come when he will be cast into the lake of fire. Anyone 
We're all sinners. All of sin, myself included. All of sin to fall short of the glory of God. And I pray that that does not include you. So that ends there the YouTube part of that. All right. So, so the rest of the program, we're going to be looking at other things relating to the meaning of life, although we don't have a ton of time. There's going to be uh, an email now that I promised I would respond to. There's a number of questions in this email. Uh, if you want to email me at any stage, Megiddo Radio, M-E-G-I-E-D-O, radio at gmail.com, and you can send questions or anything else like that. I can't always promise I'll give you a great answer, but I'll do my best. Okay, so here's a here's question, and I'll also... I try to ask people as well about whether I can do this. And if you would like me to answer in the program, please put it in the email that you send it to me and all this. Um, so this listener writes in, there's uh, the six questions here. We're just going to go through them. If someone asked you, would you want to think about the Lord every second and focus on him in every minute of your free time? Now, following on from what we're talking about, the meaning of life, what is the chief end of man, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And what are we going to do in heaven? We're going to be with him and think about him. And because gl- to think about him is wonderful. Now, I know this question comes from the point of view was, well, sometimes you got to do other things. I can't always be, say, reading my Bible and all that. Well, just say you are, um, one of the scenarios is being brought up, you know, enjoying my job. So just, you're, you're at work, you're enjoying your job, you're doing, uh, various different things. Nothing wrong with enjoying your job, but, but you're giving glory to God in praising him and thanking him for the ability to what? to be able to do the job in the first place. And when you get your paycheck at the end, you thank God for it. So you're using your talents, your gifts, and everything else to glorify God. We should ever keep God in our minds. And this doesn't rob us of joy. This actually brings greater joy to us. It keeps us away from sin and keeps us close to Him. So you want to think about the Lord every second? Yeah. But it, but it's not just certain activities. It's not just Bible reading. It's not just prayer. As important as those things are, of course, it's not just worship. It's all sorts of things. It's conversations that we have. We center our conversations around the Lord. And what was the Lord's prayer? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, do we do this? We fail. Of course we do. But that is what we strive towards. So the second question, listener question here is this. Is God's holiness and being like Christ your greatest desire and thing you like most? This this, um, listener is kind of, these are kind of self-examinary questions, kind of ones that the Puritans would have done at times. Is Christ's holiness and being like Christ your greatest desire and thing you like most? Well, here's the thing. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and if your eyes have been opened to your sin and the violence of your sin, this is what happens at conversion. And you see how wonderful Christ is. That's the person who is trusted in Jesus Christ. That's what's happened. He has seen the stench of his sin and turned to Christ. And if he has done that and sees the stench of his sin and turned to Christ, it's not going to be perfect this side of eternity. He will, he or she, will want to be like Christ. Do we struggle? Yes. Do we have difficulties and temptations? Yes. Our sanctification is not the basis on which we are acceptable before God. If it was, none of us would have any hope. So, the fruit, not the root, but the fruit of saving faith is that you wish to be like Christ. You don't wish to be like your, I don't know, famous sports star or something above all else. That's an idol. 
You wish to be like Christ above all else. Yeah, we don't do it to the, to the degree we ought to, but that ought to be our great aim. Now, third question here: If it were if it were possible for Jesus to journey to hell forever, would you want to follow him there and be with him forever? Now. This question, I have to ask the listener, where did this question come from? Because it really just depends on, um, it's based upon a uh, Samuel Rutherford quote here, um, which says this. Samuel Rutherford wrote, Oh, my Lord Jesus Christ, if I could be in heaven without thee, it would be a hell. And if I could be in hell and have thee still, it would be a heaven to me, for thou art all the heaven I want. Now, respectfully, respectfully, I, I just think that the, the quotation from Rutherford has been kind of maybe misunderstood. Um, wherever heaven is heaven, because Jesus is there, the blessings of Jesus is there. We're enjoying, it is the place of where perfect communion with Christ is to be found. If Christ is not in heaven, heaven is no longer sweet and wonderful. Actually, heaven then becomes a hell. So, first and foremost, let's just think about it. Wherever Christ is, we want to be. Wherever that is. And I think that's the whole point of the Rutherford quote. Wherever it would be. Now, there's a sense in which Jesus is in hell as well, but he's pouring out his wrath in hell. He's the one, he's not undergoing torments. No, he's the one pouring out his wrath. But, I think the whole point of Rutherford's quote here, from what I can see, I haven't seen the wider context here, is purely that wherever the Lord will lead us, he wants to be. Wherever Jesus is, he wants to be there. He doesn't just want to go to heaven for the sake of the blessings and not be with Christ. He wants to be where Christ is. That's the whole point. I think that's the whole point. Um... Yeah, he's saying, unless somebody in hell, we could experience wonderful fellowship with each other. I think it's just misunderstanding the Rutherford quote. Rutherford is just really saying, he's not saying he wants to go to hell if Christ is there, kind of thing like that. He's saying that he wants to go where Christ is, and wherever Christ is, is wonderful and blessed. And it's, maybe you could say hyperbolic way of explaining how much he wishes to be with him and to desire him above all else. So, now the thing is, if you're in Jesus Christ, you can't go to hell. Your sin has been paid for. You are clothed in the righteousness of Christ and you can't be subject to the, the damnable wrath of God. And if that is true as well, you wish to follow him wherever he leads you. And that, that's the whole point of the, the quote, really. Um, that's kind of why I asked the question in verse because I was thinking, mm, is there a Puritan quote that perhaps may have been kind of slightly misunderstood? And, and, and it's easy to do that. I'm not, you know, we can all do this. Okay, so question uh, number four. Let's see how we're going for time. We've got a few minutes left here. Question number four. It says this, If God said to you, to every true Christian in the world, you worship me and fellowship with me, but when you die, you would still send you to hell, would you truly worship him? Um... Yeah, I, I, I think it's the kind of the wrong question. See, 
you worship me and fellowship me, but the only way that can happen is if God loves you and you're in the presence of him, okay? It, to have fellowship with him here. By the way, I would say yes. But I, I think it's the wrong way to think about this. See, we're, we're, we're not just worshiping God just for the good things we get out of it. I think that's the whole, maybe the whole point of the question. Maybe it's based upon some reading of the Puritans or something like that. Um, we're not just worshiping Christ because of the benefits we get. We're, 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 of course, we want to go to heaven, yes, be, because Christ is there. We want, we want to worship him because to do otherwise is unthinkable to us. Christ is wonderful. He is glorious. He is the source of all that is good. And we want to exalt him purely for who he is. And then we thank him and glorify him as well, additionally, for everything, every good blessing he will give us. But we also have to think about he is a good, righteous, and holy God. And if he has accepted us into his presence, if we have been adopted and become one of his children, we would never, we'll never lose that. But first and foremost, we do it for him because he is wonderful, he is glorious, the source of all goodness. And that has to be our primary motivation for serving God, not for the good blessings he gives us. And we thank God for the good blessings he gives us. We thank God for the home in heaven he has prepared for us but we do it for him. And the home in heaven is wonderful because of him. Hope that makes sense. Uh, if, if God said to every true Christian, until the day you die for your entire life, I would cause you utterly suffering and never give you a break. It will be like hell on earth. And would you suffer all, all, that, all that time? Um... Again, it's a hypothetical impossibility because there's, it won't be like hell. No matter how, no matter how, on this earth, no matter what you go through, even if you lost all, even if you experienced the worst pain for the rest of your life imaginable, it's still not imaginable to hell. And again, it's treating relationship with God, I want to be straight with you here, like a transaction. God, by the way, when Jesus says, come follow me, he says, take up your cross. Die to yourself. Die. That's not pleasant. And sometimes there will be suffering. Actually, you're guaranteed to suffer. Actually, but there's a joy in the midst of suffering. And I think when you come up with hypothetical possibilities like that, you don't have the God of the Bible anymore. I, I know where the questions are coming up um, to an extent. Number one, you can never have the full wrath of God in this world. You can't. There's, there's common grace in this world. There's sunshine and rain. You're not going to have it like you're going to have it in hell. No, no, no matter what illness you're struck down with or anything else. Just. But we, we don't think about. We can't worship God and love him and serve him because of the. He's going to give us a good life. Our attitude should be, Lord, if you want me to go through various trials and difficulties, you're happy to do so as long, oh Lord, as long as you're glorified. And you can go through torture or whatever, but if you're trusting in the Lord, you have peace, a peace that the tortures cannot take away from you. That nobody can take away from you. And... 
Dear friend, I, I really want to say this. If you're thinking of hypothetical situations like this, it's not the God of the Bible anymore. It becomes a graceless monster of our own imagination. And I would urge you just to spend more time in the Word of God. The Word of God will answer these questions for you. God promises wonderful things, but we follow him because he is wonderful. First and foremost, there's a reason we don't know the future. We would be torn. If we know the future, we would be tormented all the time. If we know the moment we would die or anything else, we would be wrapped up with torment. God does not say, come and follow me and you'll have a good life. Come and follow me that you may go to heaven. He, no, he says eternal life. And by the way, that life begins the moment you trust in him. But you must want Christ, him, and find him glorious and wonderful and satisfying. The fountain of living waters. And dear friends, if you're in Christ Jesus, God delights in you. He delights in you. And if he delights in his children because of Jesus Christ, there's no fear that he will ever cast you aside. But the question is, do you delight in him? Not earthly comforts. You delight in Christ. And even if you go through the worst things that can be inflicted to you upon this earth, even if the Inquisition came back tomorrow, there and you're trusting in Christ, there is a peace and a joy that you will still have. That's what God promises. Now, you may have moments of low time, you know, like Elijah. You know, Elijah went through moments of depression, basically wanting to die. Job went through moments of depression, wanting to die. Jonah wanted to die oh, for all different reasons by the way and I think we can kind of go oh Jonah was well do you realize where he was going to Nineveh um, the Assyrians who used to basically skin people alive and were horrible that's where he was going to preach have any of us been called to preach and not submitted immediately to God. Hmm. I think we'd look at Jonah a whole different way. It's not that we can't have difficult. Don't invent a God of your own imagination. Because if you do, he will not be as lovely as the God of the Bible. Final question, number six. I love God more for what he has done for me, saving me from hell, forgiveness of sin, repentance and love, than for who he is. I think I do love him for who he is. It is there in me, but not number one desire. This desire I would like to be, though. Um, You've got to spend time alone with him. Why do marriages often suffer? Because... Husband and wife don't spend enough time with each other, enjoying each other's company. Learning about the other person. You've got to, on your journey with the Lord, learn more about him. And the more you learn about him, the more, if you are born again, you'll love him. I don't know how long... I want. I want to. I want to. I want to speak honestly here. I don't know how long you spend reading your Bible or praying or anything else. Don't just say, "Well, I do it once every day," or anything. I don't know the situation in this. Stop reading your Bible for five minutes a day, and t tick it off the list. This is what's going to happen in your in your Christian walk. Turn off the phone. Close the door, 
have a do not disturb for a significant amount of time, half an hour, an hour, two hours, you say, I'm going to spend quality time, not just, oh, I'm going to do 15 minutes. Oh, we got other things to do. Why? Why, why are these other things important? Put an hour aside. This is eternity. This is the one source of life. To grow in our love of God, we, we need to learn more about him. And if you learn more about him, you will love him more because he is so wonderful. See, we can have all these concepts. I love him for his wisdom. I love him for this and that. But do we know what that means? The wisdom of how he created the world. The wisdom how he's done various things. Spend time, serious time, meditating upon the word of God. Learning more about him. I, and it's not about how much you read or how much you pray. It's serious quality time where you lose track of time. Maybe even get rid of the watch. I don't know what it is, but I think that's the only way to grow in this area. So we didn't get on to some of the things from the Westminster Larger Catechism. Probably next week we'll look at that. It's been Paul Flynn. Thank you so much for tuning in. May God bless you all.